man, I could just tell you that I'm ready to preach this morning. So I hope that you came ready to hear. Um, I didn't actually think that I was going to get to preach this morning, you know, uh, because I took my son and, and uh, my wife and my little girl. I don't know why I just started off with my son. Like, I just took my son to the zoo. I left them at home. Um, now, I took my family to the zoo yesterday, and while I was at the zoo, some crazy stuff started happening, like um, uh, Tennessee won a football game yesterday. <laughs> and, and see, what, what actually happened is I wasn't surprised that Auburn lost. I was just surprised that Tennessee won, you know, you know what I mean, you know what I mean? It, it was just such surprise, and then I got home, and I was catching the end of the Georgia LSU game, and, and Georgia lost to LSU, and except for this one crazy person in our church, listen, it doesn't matter what college football team you root for, can we just all agree that nobody likes LSU? Amen? Amen? Um, and so I didn't actually think, I, I was praying last night. I'm like, God, are you going to come tonight? And, and, and then I turn on the Bama game and we're, we're like, we're not in the 60s. I'm like, you're coming tonight. I'm not even going to get to preach this message, you know. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, it's ended tonight. And I'm like, I go kiss my kids. I'm like, hey, it was great. Um, and, and so I didn't think I was going to get to preach this. But um, to, to let you all know a little bit about this, this message uh, Pastor Josh was in a car wreck a couple of Saturday, Saturdays ago, and he called me up Saturday, and he's like, dude, I was just T-boned, and he's like, I'm okay, but I'm really sore, and he's like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to preach Sunday. It would have uh, coincided with, the, I, I believe, the first week of this series, and he's like, can you be on standby just in case I'm too sore to get up there and preach? Because, um, you know, like, if you get in a wreck when you're like 20, you're going to get up and preach. You get in a wreck as you get a little bit more seasoned. <laughs> things hurt. You know what I mean? Um, things, things just hurt. And so uh, I, I was like, yeah, of course, you know, I'll be ready. So I prepared this message and he called me and he's like, hey man, I really think I'm going to be fine. And he came up, he preached and I was like, sweet. Well, I know I'm going to preach on the 14th. So I'll just follow this way. I've got my, I've got my notes ready. You know, I, I've got my outline done. I've got I've got it memorized. I've got time to get up here and, you know, I won't have the pulpit. I'll be able to just spit this thing out. And, and that was until Tuesday of last week. And I was at Ingalls and Bremen and I was getting gas and God just started to download this message that I'm going to preach to you today. And he said, this is what I want to, you to preach this Sunday. He's like, I want you to change everything because I want you to preach this message. This is what I want to happen. So I'm ready and I hope that you are too. Amen. Um, it's one of the perks of being a spirit-filled church is everything that we had planned comes second. But here's what I would, I would ask today is that you would lean in and, and just be expectant um, because I believe that God has a fresh, specific word for us today. When I was thinking about this service and I was praying and, and just kind of like, I, I know what, okay, you obviously want me to change this. What, what are, is the direction you want me to go in? What's the specifics, you know, and, and praying about it. God said to me, I want to revive my people's faith in me today. I want to revive. And now here's the thing. If you've been in church for like 30 seconds and you've heard the word revive and you heard the word revival, right? 
Um, and so you probably already have a sense of what that means. You've already got like an idea of what that means. But I wanted to look up that word because I wanted to get out of the context of the church. I wanted to look at it with a fresh lens. I didn't want to look at it through the viewpoint of, of what it means in church. And so I looked up that word, and that word revive means excuse me, I, I've got a little bit of an itchy throat, so if I, if I cough or start talking like a, like a girl up here, if it gets really high-pitched, y'all just, y'all just bear with me. Um, I wanted to see what that word revive means, and here's what it means. It means to restore to life, and this is the idea that I got. This is, this is what God began to show me is that, that, that people's faith is not dead, it's, it's discouraged, it, it, it's not dead, it's disappointed. Uh, oh yeah, Pastor Brad, I left out part of this definition. Um, I'm, I'm going to tell it to you, and if y'all want to listen, if y'all want to listen, y'all can listen, but I'm going to tell it to Pastor Brad this morning. Listen, listen. So that word revive, it says to restore to life and consciousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... so we think of it just being life, but it, it, it means to restore to consciousness too. Like maybe you're here this morning and you're like, I, I, I've tried that before. I've, I've believed that before and it didn't work out or, or, or listen to me. It's not dead. It's, it's just disappointed. Maybe you stopped believing for God to work in, in that situation. Maybe you stopped believing God to work in, in that area of your life. I, I've prayed for healing and it hasn't happened. And to be honest with you, Pastor Jeremy, I'm tired of looking dumb. I'm tired of looking yeah. foolish. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm tired yeah. uh, of believing. And, and what I came to do today is encourage somebody and revive somebody's faith today. Because I feel like there's someone in here I feel this in my spirit. I've felt it since Tuesday because I feel like there's someone in here that's getting ready to give up. And I don't mean give up in a way where you're like, I'm getting ready to give up on God, but you're getting ready to give up on something. Maybe, maybe you're going to be listening to this on the podcast and, and maybe you're just thinking to yourself, maybe, maybe I'm not supposed to do this or maybe I'm not, not supposed to ever get over this thing. Maybe I'm not supposed to get healed from this thing. Maybe, maybe my marriage isn't going to get better. Maybe, maybe my kids aren't going to come back. Maybe, 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 and maybe that's you this morning. But before you give up, here's what I want to tell you. Here's what I want to tell you. Listen to me, church. God changed the whole plan so that you can hear this today. I'm talking notes done, outline done, notes for the production team done. I even had the flow chart typed out, y'all. Listen, listen, God said, stop it all because there's someone who needs to have their faith revived in my church. And today, here's what I want you to know, that your faith is an ingredient that's going to produce the thing that you believe is not possible right now. In Hebrews 11:6, it says that it's impossible to please God without this one ingredient, now, if I wasn't a Bible reading person, if I didn't preach this uh, message, if I hadn't read the scripture before, I would think that this says something else, right? I, I, I would think that this would be something like this. I would think that this would read, it's impossible to please God without purity. 
right? Or it's impossible to please God without holiness, or it's impossible to please God without righteousness. It's, it's impossible to please God without getting that behavior under control. But, but, but listen to what it says. God's saying, no, 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 no. Let me, let me correct it. It, it it's, it's impossible to please God without faith. I'm looking for people with faith. Because when our faith gets weak, we stop going to God. We stop going to God for things, right? When our faith gets weak, we stop going to God as our provider and we start going to our job. Come on, somebody. When our faith gets weak, we, we stop giving because we need that 10%. When our faith gets weak, we, we stop coming to church because we can sure use that time and a half on Sundays. When our, when our faith gets weak, when our faith gets weak, I know this is going to be kind of a little tense for some of us today, but I want to tell you that I believe that God is doing something. Man, I have felt this in my spirit to the point to where I'm just going to be honest with you. I didn't get much sleep last night because I just wanted to preach, (laughs) you know. Um, (laughs) But listen to me. God's trying to break the limits uh, of what you're saying, what you're thinking, and what you're believing about your circumstance, about your situation. Someone say faith this morning. Now, another thing that I believe is I believe that there's some here, again, that just says, you know what, I've tried it before, I've believed it before, I've had faith before, and look how it turned out. I'm here to tell you this morning, I'm here to ask you this morning, give it another chance. Give it another chance. Because I believe that there's people here that wants to revive your dreams and passions. Maybe you've had it before, (laughs) Man, I've, I've, I've had the faith before. I've, I've believed before. I believed everything before. But then when it didn't happen, what else am I supposed to do but be disappointed? And I'm telling you to give it another chance. And, and, and what that causes is, is that causes you to just be living this I'm just here existence. But I want to tell you that there's more that God wants for you this morning. Amen. There's more that God wants for you this morning. And there's those of you in this place that I believe that God wants to give you a new vision. And then maybe you've been coming here for years and, and you've just never taken the next step, whatever that is for you. Maybe, maybe it's that, that you've never been water baptized. Maybe it's that you've never found your place in ministry. Maybe it's that, that you need to step up and serve. Maybe it's that you've never given. Maybe you've been, been coming to this place and you've just never taken that next step in your relationship with God. Maybe, maybe you come and, and you hear the word, but, but you just think, man, that, that all sounds great, but I've done too much. I, I'm too crazy. And I, I, I can tell you that that's not true because I can tell you my past. And I can tell you that if you knew my past, you probably want to try to snatch this microphone off my head right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> because because if God, what I'm trying to say, if, 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 if God can redeem me, then he can redeem anything that you've done. If God could change me, then he can change. If God could change Pastor Brad, good Lord Almighty. Um, mm. <laughs> okay, Pastor Jeremy, I'm going to give him a chance to revive me today. But, but here's the problem. Sometimes we don't understand when our faith needs to be recharged. It gets a little low. We don't understand how to do it. <laughs> like, like, what do you do? What do you pray when, you're, when you don't have faith? <laughs> what, what do you pray when you don't have the faith to get faith? But I want to encourage you today, right? right? Um, I want to encourage you today because the Bible talks about it in Romans 10, right? It tells us what to do if we ever need a recharge. It, 
It's found in Romans 10, verse 17, and it says, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Some of y'all have read that as through hearing the word of God, and it's the same thing. It's just, it's just a translation I use. Um, but, but through hearing the word of God, and here's what I, I, when I, when I started reading that, God started speaking to me, and, and I started thinking, see, that's a problem for some of us, because, because listen, 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 lean in, lean in. This is going to be good. This is going to be good. All right. Faith doesn't just come from hearing good things. Faith comes from hearing anything. Right, right? If faith comes from hearing, then that means anything that you hear is going to feed something. Right? So, so what I'm trying to say is we want God to do great things in our life, but all we're hearing is the thing that speaks to the doubt. <laughs> and I'm not even talking about people. Like, I'm talking about the things that maybe you surround yourself with. Because your faith is built by what you hear. <laughs> your, your faith is built on what you allow to speak into your life. Like, like uh, I'm going to go here for a minute. Can I go here for a minute? This is, okay. Limit. Y'all good? All right. I'm, I'll step down here. That way I, I don't look intimidating because uh, I'm short. Um, all right. So, uh, some people wonder why their relationships are so dysfunctional. But they be watching shows that, that are all about dysfunctional relationships. Uh, I'm, coming, I'm coming after you a little bit today. Listen, I'm not going to preach about, don't worry, I'm not going to preach about what shows because I believe that live out your own salvation with fear and trembling, okay? Listen, I believe that you can figure this stuff out. But, but what I'm trying to say is um, some of you can't figure out why you can't get rid of that cynical attitude, but you, you watch the news all day and the, the news just feeds negativity and, and doubt and, and, okay, I'm going to get back up on the stage. All right. So, so I, what, what, I, what I'm saying is I'm, I'm talking to you today because God, when God asks you to step out in faith, it has to be built on something that can sustain you. It can't be built on culture. It can't be built on, on, on your bank account. And I feel, I feel this in my spirit this morning. I don't know who it's for. I don't know this whole message. I don't know who it's for, so don't worry. Like If, if you're feeling it, don't, don't worry. I don't know who it's for, but I just feel like it's for somebody. It, it can't be built on your past experiences at church. Some of us have been here a long time, long time. Some of us have been through some things. Some of us have seen some things, <laughs> you know, you know, so, you know, sometimes you just got that eye twitch, you know, and life, life just gives you that eye twitch. We've seen some things, but it can't be built off that. It's got to be built on something that can sustain you. And here's another thing. Having faith doesn't mean you can't have facts. I'm saying that, that faith and facts go together. Facts is what it is, but faith is what can happen. God, God, God's not asking you to ignore the facts. He, he's asking you to apply faith to the facts. Like you get a bad doctor's report and, and you, you, you say, I receive that you say, I, I want you to get this. I receive what, uh, that you say that I have cancer, but I, what, what I really believe is that cancer is just a thing. Cancer's just a name. And, and, and what I believe is the name of Jesus is bigger than cancer. We just sang it. What a powerful name it is. What, there is no rival. There is no equal. Do you believe what you're saying, church? Because if you do, then you believe 
that Jesus is higher than cancer. And what you're saying is that there is no rival. There is no equal. I believe for this miracle. You got to apply faith to the facts. And I believe that, that there's some here that right now, their faith is built on what was said and not who said it. Like, like you believe the doctor more than, than you believe the, the Jesus that said this sickness won't end in death. Right? Could you imagine the disciples? <laughs> like, he, he did. <laughs> Lazarus died. Jesus, I think you were wrong. But, but you got that thing, and it was devastating, and it was real. And sometimes that holds more weight because it's tangible. And, and, and see, what happens is sometimes so, so many of us are faithful to hearing things that don't feed our future, things that don't fill our faith in the right way, the faith that can sustain us, the the faith, and we actually think that we're living this strong, faith-filled life, but we're actually living like a, a worse life. Because what's being fed can't hold you through the storms. Right? What's being fed can't, can't sustain you. But what's beautiful about this scripture in Romans is that it gives you a place that you should hear and get your faith from, hearing by the word of God. And I often get this question Pastor Jeremy, I can't just walk around and read my Bible all the time. <laughs> you know, that, that doesn't make sense. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you, I don't even like reading. <laughs> like, I hate reading. You can ask my wife, I hate it. Like, I read my Bible just to be saved. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's like I read my Bible enough so that I'm a Christian. Um, that kind of thing. Like, I hate reading. Um, but here's what I do like. I really love podcasts. I really love music, and so I, I like listening to worship. I really love listening to uh, even things. It doesn't even have to be like preaching. I'm, I listen to this podcast called Dad Tired, and it's really just a podcast about what it's like to be a Christian dad um, and what it's like to be the spiritual leader of your household and just things that dads deal with, specifically dads and, and stuff like that. And so I, you know, I listen to this stuff. But here's a good equation if you ever want to ask yourself, you should be taking in more of God than you're taking in anything else. Amen. It's a simple equation. And I want you to ask yourself, what is your consumption? What's your consumption? Because when God wants you to step out in faith, if doubt comes out, you should look at your consumption. Right? Because here, here's my heart for this church. Here's my heart for my family. Here's my heart for myself. I want us to become so anchored in faith that our circumstances have to move Amen. and not the other way around. And see, so often what I see is the other way around. We, 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 let, our, we let our faith move because I believe that you can speak to your circumstances and take authority over them. And, and, and I believe that God will, will still move. Amen. I'm going to tell you a little story. Um, this actually happened after I, I prepared my notes and stuff like that. And uh, it, it was kind of weird. But, um, and this, uh, well, Jim, this is for you guys too. You got to listen to this story because this, this will really help you. 
So um, I've got a little beautiful girl. Um, I love her. Um, but she's starting to teethe. And see, with Judah, when he started to teethe, he didn't get any of the like weird side effects. You know, he didn't get any of the, I'm sorry, I might be a little crass. He didn't get any of the diarrhea, any of the vomiting, none of the fevers, none of the crazy. He didn't grow horns. He didn't get bumps, you know, no, none of that. Like he popped one tooth and then he popped 12 and then he was good. He, he, he was a little grumpy. He drooled a little bit. But Lila, like she popped one little tooth and then it's like the other day, she's starting to teeth again and she looked like she's dying. And that's why I'm telling you this, like if they start to get, if they start chewing on stuff and then you think they're dying, they're probably teething. So just, just, just fair warning, um, you know, having a new baby. Um, but Lila, she, she's a great eater. She's super healthy, but she wouldn't eat anything. And she wasn't sleeping good. And listen, if it's one thing daddy can do is I can get that girl to go to sleep, you know? And, and so she wasn't sleeping good. And, and I picked her up and I was talking to her and she like projectile vomited. And this wasn't spit up. This was, this was something out of a movie. It was like, oh, I can't. And I could, so I picked her up, you know, it's like, oh. And you just stand there for a minute. You're like, huh? Don't get me, don't get me with my mouth open. Okay. And, and so she, she threw up and, you know, that first time she's thrown up, I could tell she's got a fever. She's grumpy. She's crying. She's like not sleeping. And I'm like, obviously she's sick. Now, normally my first instinct would be, I can't deal with sick kids right now because how many of y'all that are parents can just attest that unless God steps in, if there's a stomach bug in your house, everybody's getting it. <laughs> like everybody is going down for a week. You know what I mean? Everybody's losing weight. Chick-fil-A is going to be delivering some chicken noodle soup. Like it's going down in, in the household if there's a stomach bug. And so I'm like, we can't afford to be sick right now. I'm I, that, like, this is what I would normally do. But I, I felt a lot of peace. I'm like, you know what? No, I'm going to, I'm going to clean up. I'm, I'm going to burn my clothes because this is awful. And then um, we're, we're going to, I'm going to put her to sleep and I'm going to pray over her. And so I have this little thing of anointing oil and I put it on my finger. I dabbed it on her head and I walked her little rear end around the thing. I, I mean, I like dug holes in my, in my kitchen, just praying over her. And I really felt God tell me, listen, if you'll respond like this, then I'll start responding. Amen. And within like five minutes, y'all, I, I could just tell her fever went down. And she woke up in such a great mood. And, and listen, listen, God's so good. Not only has she had no ill effects, like no more fevers, no more grumpiness, no more sickness, no more. No, she hasn't acted like she's in any more pain. Not only that, but she woke up yesterday being like, dad, 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 dad. Listen, God's so good, y'all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, but... But what I want to tell you is take that authority. But if your enemy can mess with your thinking, then he can mess with your declaration. I came to revive somebody's faith that God wants to do something in your life that, that allows his power to be shown. Someone say revive this morning. If faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, then let's look at a story in, in 2 Kings 4. 
Um, this story is a perfect example of God just reminding us that he can do something great with something small. I'm going to read verse 6, and then I'll go back and kind of paraphrase the story and maybe pick up a little, little bit here and there, but we're not going to read this whole, whole story. 2 Kings 4, uh, verse 6, When the vessels were full, she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. Someone say, Bring me another vessel. He said to her, I know I messed that up. Y'all were good. Y'all didn't, y'all didn't get my stutter in there. I appreciate that. Um, and he said to her, there is not another vessel. Then the oil stopped flowing. The title of today's message is Bring Me Another Vessel. And I want to congratulate you, church. You made it through my intro. <laughs> Some of y'all, Dave's leaving. <laughs> um, no. I started, I started to think, oh, not, not yet. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's my fault. I'm sorry. Um, I, see, what y'all don't know is I told the band to come up when I say, bring me another vessel. I forgot that I, that I had said it twice. Now Dave's really leaving. I'm, I'm sorry. It was, it was good while it lasted. As I started to think about this message, this story jumped out at me because so many times I feel like uh, this woman is a lot like some of us because she starts out in a discouraged position. Her husband's died, and, and, and so she's experienced loss. And, and now I know that all of us in here can say that we've experienced loss. Maybe you're not like going through that type of loss right now, but, but you've experienced loss. Maybe it's a different type of loss, loss of dreams, loss of a job, loss of a house, loss of courage, passion, whatever. Whatever your loss is, we've all experienced loss is what I'm getting at. Um, secondly, she has debt. Come on, somebody. She has debt. Now, I could just tell you I struggle with debt. I've been struggling with it for about three and a half years, and newly seven and a half months ago with, with two recurring debts, and they're in nursery right now, but y'all, y'all don't know about my debts. Um, she had debts. Um, y'all pray for me about my debts. Um, so she's lost her husband, and now they're trying to come after her kid because that's how they would settle the debt. Because back in this day, if you had debt and couldn't pay it, they would take your kids. Now, I know what you're thinking. Some of y'all are like, how do I get that credit card? <laughs> you know, you know, but like, like some of y'all are like, how do I get that car? You know, Pastor Brad's like, bye, Bella. You know, you know he, he's like, my car's not going to burn oil ever again. I got four kids, you know. But, but here's the deal is they would be taking that, her security. They'd be taking her protection. They'd be taking her workforce. And her life would be in even worse shambles than it already is. And she comes in contact with the man of God, Elijah. And there, there's something going on here that I want you to know about. It's called types and shadows. And what that is, is this Old Testament story is pointing to and foreshadowing Jesus. That's a little SEU education for you guys. That's for free. I had to pay like several thousand dollars to get that. So you're welcome. Um, and this story... The woman will represent us, and, and Elijah will represent Jesus. She meets Elijah, and she tells him everything. What I've noticed about us is, is this is where we tend to stop. 
we, our, our faith stops at meeting Jesus and telling him everything. <laughs> you, you, you know, even, even at salvation, like we tell him everything and we have faith in him, but then oftentimes we stop there. Or, or when we do have something and we need God to move, we tell him everything. But then what, what's next? That's where our faith stops. And, and just to kind of chase a little rabbit on there, have you ever noticed that it's easier to confess sin when you're not a Christian than it is after you get saved? I have. I'm gonna leave that. I'm gonna leave that right there. If anybody wants to pick that up later, um, but our faith stops, and that's as far as we go. And he, here's why I believe that, that that's why we do that is because we're stuck in what happened. And I want to tell you that God doesn't operate in what happened, because what happened has happened. But we like to go back and we replay and we replay and we replay, but. I want to tell you today, and God wants to tell you that he knows he was there, (laughs) and now he's here. And and what I believe he's trying to tell us is he has a plan to redeem all of that, but we're paralyzed over here until you let it go. She tells Elijah everything, and then he asks her two questions. In verse 2, what can I do for you? Now, this question's kind of weird because of what she just told him, right? Uh, My husband's dead. They're about to take my kids. What do you think I want you to do? I want some money, homie. I, I, I want you to do something. Heck, I'd be, I'd be happy just to know that it's going to be better tomorrow than it is today. <laughs> you know, and, and, and this is not a question really referencing necessarily what she said to him. It's a question that God often asks when he wants to move us forward. He'll often ask, what do you want? And this isn't a question of information. It's a question of vision. It, it, it's, a, it's a question because we, we've been so discouraged that we've stopped dreaming. And so what I want to ask you this morning, church, is what's that thing that you see when your eyes are closed? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm getting at? What's that thing that, that you've stopped, stopped dreaming about? Because so many times when God asks us this question, we'd, be, we'd say the same thing. We, we'd be like, hey, I'd be happy just to let things get better than they are right now. <laughs> I'd be, you know, pay my car payment. <laughs> you, you know, right now, just, just, just get me from, from here to the next day. But, but what I believe God is asking us, what do you want? Because he's looking for someone to catch a greater vision, a vision that he's given, a vision that he puts inside. And, and we kind of answered this question as leaders of this church, and that's why I love all, serve all, because in Habakkuk 2.2, it says, write the vision and make it plain. We wanted to make the vision of life point plain and clear, because I believe, and your leaders believe, that there's people that's here this morning, there's people that's going to come, and they're going to run and carry the vision that God's given us for this church to reach this community. There's people that's going to come in this place. There's a harvest of souls, right, that's going to be impacted by God. There's people that's going to step up and serve at this church so that it can operate in excellence. All my department heads say amen. Come on, right? There's going to be people that's going to step up and serve because there is not provision what there is not vision, church. What do you want? I believe that God wants us to answer that, but I don't think we all have the answer to that yet. And neither did the lady. How do I know this? Because Elijah went straight to the next question. He said, what do you have? And, and what I wanted to point out about that is he didn't ask her that question first. 
It's not a matter of resource to get God to move. It, 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 most of us get our vision after we look at our resources, right? Uh, I, I only have this, so I can only do this. God's asking for your vision first. What can you imagine? Again, I want to ask you, what can you see when your eyes are closed? To see beyond your bank account, to see beyond your circumstance, to see beyond your situation, to, to see your, your marriage healed, to see your kids stop acting like fools, to, to see beyond Douglasville, to see, to see this church doing what God's called it to do, to see beyond. God does not ask for your resource before he asks for your vision. Stop putting a limit on your vision because of what resources you have now, church. What do you want? What do you have? Now, I want you to listen to what this lady says because she says what so many of us say. Your servant has nothing in the house except for a jar of oil. She discounted what she had as unimportant. And God stopped me right here, and he said, that thing that you are counting out is what I'm counting on. That thing that you are counting out is what I am counting on. I want your nothing but. Don't let your faith and vision die because of your I have nothing but. You're looking at your thing and thinking it's not enough. It's not important. It's not something that can be used. Or maybe you're thinking something silly or something stupid and I wanted to tell you a story. This story kind of hits, hits close to me. Um, it's about my wife, and I have permission. Listen, I get permission to talk about my wife when I get up here because I'm not dumb. <laughs> Amen? Um, but we've been married 11 years coming up in January. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I know I look young. But if you could see the gray hair... Um, but we've been married for 11 years, and something that's never changed, I never have to think about it. We've played like that whole newlywed game where they ask you questions about each other and try to trap you and get you divorced when you're playing games. You, you, know, you know what game I'm talking about. It's like, hey, what's your you know. And, and so we've done that. But people will ask me, what's my favorite thing about her? It always has been, always will be. I don't picture it changing. It's her quirks. Right, and before y'all judge me, thinking, oh, that really? That's it? Wow. How'd you stay married for 11 years? Um, I want to tell you that here's why because those same quirks that's my favorite thing about her is the thing that oftentimes she says makes her feel stupid. It's those things that she says that people's always made fun of her about. It's those things that makes her feel self-conscious. It's those things that, that have oftentimes make, made her not speak about stuff that she feels passionate about because she's like, nobody's going to listen to me because my ideas are stupid. But here's the deal. It's those quirks that make her a good mommy. It's those quirks that make her beautiful to me. It's those quirks that make her a good wife. It's those quirks that make her compassionate and empathetic. And it's those quirks that make her made to be a teacher, right? And, and, and so somebody came in discouraged saying, I have nothing but, and God's saying, that's okay, just give it to me. And I'm asking you today to give what you almost counted out. Somebody say revive. revive. She takes her little bit of oil 
and, and, and she does what the man of God says. And Elijah says in verse 3, he says, go. I stopped right there because it's, uh, I started to notice that faith needs action. Faith needs action. This means that when I'm waiting on him to do something, he's waiting on me to do something. Many times when we read the scriptures, it says, according to your faith, it's done. And, and, and whatever you have the power to believe, church, it, it's done. The woman with the issue of blood was healed because she believed that if she touched Jesus' clothes, that she'd be healed. Uh, other times, it just took Jesus' words, you know. Um, Lazarus was dead. <laughs> like, like what, do you, what do you think his faith was, right? Um, but, but, like, here's what I see often. Here's what I see often is a lot of people doing what they've seen other, other people do, but they don't have the faith that God will do it for them. They don't have the faith that God will do it for them. And total transparency, that's one of my biggest, biggest struggles when it comes to faith. I believe right now that if God wanted to, he can just give me million-dollar underwear and I can go home and pay off my house. I believe, I believe that he can heal my daughter. I believe that he can heal you. I believe his name's greater than cancer. But I don't always believe that he'll do it for me. That's my biggest struggle. And I think it's some of y'all's. But look, look what Elijah told her to do. He said, go and borrow vessels, empty vessels, but not too few. Some translations say, borrow as many empty jars as you can. Band, if you'll go ahead and come up. You need to borrow some vessels today. You need to borrow some vessels. This is a fun point in this sermon because I believe it's going to be very freeing for a lot of you. Because when I read this story, the funny thing about it is Elijah never told her how many jars to get. Her faith did. Stop putting limits on your miracle. Listen to me, church. We don't always have the resources for the miracles. And, and what God's saying here is that you can go out, you can prepare for the miracle that I'm going to do before you have the resources. We don't have to wait to have the resources before I can do the miracle. God's not limited by your situation. God's not limited by your circumstances. The other thing that I noticed is that Elijah didn't tell her to get any special type of jars. He just said that they had to be empty. God is doing a new thing that's not going to be based off of your past experiences. It's not going to be based off of your past. It's not going to be based off of, off of something. And, and I started to think about all the things that some of us have done and you know, even, even with me, some of the things that I've done in, in my ministry and, and some of the heydays, you know, and, and I was like, God's going to do something new. God's going to do something fresh. God's going to do something better. Um, and I'm going to talk to you for a minute. If you would, just lean in. I'm, I'm almost done. I'm closing. Just lean in. Don't, don't tune me out right here. Um, some of us, have been here for a long time and 
and one of the things that God's been telling us, one of the promises that he's been making to us is that he's going to bring in a harvest of souls. Been making that for years. Can, can, can people agree that he's been saying that for a long time? But it hasn't happened yet. And I, what I feel, feel this in my spirit, feel it very strongly, like to the point to where it, it, it almost grieves me is that that's left a lot of us frustrated and discouraged. And what God started to show me about this situation is that there's two things. He's never said when. Never said when. He just said he will. And it's hard to wait. It's hard to wait. Because waiting is, is, is difficult. Can we just be honest? It's, it's hard. It's not easy. If it was easy, then what? <laughs> you know? Some of us have had, had things that maybe we're depending on people coming into this church. You know? Some of us have had dreams that we wanted to... the church grows to a certain point and, and it can't happen until till then and, and so waiting is hard because you feel like God's called you to do this but you can't yet um, the other thing is that God's told us to prepare and this is where things might get a little bit difficult is I believe that God's been giving us like this this big season of getting us ready spiritually, getting us ready spiritually, getting us ready spiritually. But I also believe that the, the Bible says that the harvest is plenty, the workers are few. And I want to tell you, church, just as a, as a pastor, we need you. We need, we need you to have the faith. Maybe, maybe your thing is not volunteering, and that's fine. But we need your prayers, and we need your faith. And, and, and I believe that, that what's undermining that is discouragement and disappointment. But here's what I believe. I believe that God's greater than that. I believe that disappointment and discouragement is no rival because there is no rival. There is no equal. <laughs> um, and what God told me about that is, I wrote this down word for word. That's why I want to read this. God is telling us that the best days are before us, not behind us, and that we have to be prepared. Because listen... God's promised us a harvest of souls. So either it's going to happen or he's a liar. <laughs> you know? You know what I mean? And, and, and so, but he said we have to be prepared. We have to be prepared. Because what some of us are feeling is that we've had this expectation. And expectation without preparation leads to frustration. And it leads to discouragement. And it leads to disappointment. But listen to me, church. You still have a little oil left. 
still have a little oil left. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. It's in there. <laughs> and, and what I believe is that God wants to multiply that today. God wants to revive that today. God wants, God wants to, to use that today, that little bit of oil that you've counted out. That little bit of oil that, that maybe, you, you know when you're almost out of something and like you don't want to throw it away, but you also just start using the new stuff, you know? God wants to use that little bit of oil, but the, the problem is, is that some of us have been living this way for so long that it's became our new normal. But God's changed the whole plans of our Sunday service for you, because that's how great God is. He cares so much about you that like he didn't just die on the cross for you he cares about a church in douglasville georgia enough to send his spirit to a dude that was pumping gas to change the service to tell you that he wants to revive that in you today if you would bow your head and close your eyes